everyone. Welcome back to the Psycom Toolkit podcast, the show for anyone who wants to share science in fun and creative ways so they can improve their confidence and skills to do so. I am Dr. Soph Milbourne, but some of you may know me as Soph Talk Science, and I will be your host. Now, I don't know about you, but I am guilty of always wanting to create new projects or come up with new ideas when A, I already have too much on my plate and B, I'm always thinking that the next idea is bigger and better or will give me those new skills I crave or C, when I've barely scratched the surface with my current projects, including this podcast. So I kind of feel bad now that I want to start another podcast. In fact, there are three ideas that I would love to pursue as well as this one. There's a kids science podcast, a science meets food idea, and a science meets travel idea. So if anyone listening is interested and wants to team up or even wants to pay me to create them, then hit me up. I'm sharing this not to brag that I have any new ideas or anything like that, but just as a reminder because it might resonate with you and I want you to reflect then on why you want to do each project. Ask yourself which is the most important to you or aligns best with your goals and work on that one so you don't burn out because I think the whole of this year I've really suffered with burnout as a creator and it's only now that I'm starting to get back into the flow of things which is typical when Christmas and the festive period and break isn't too far away again and I'll probably take another break then. Just another reminder to jot down your ideas whenever you have them and really work out which projects are right for you at that time and focus on them. Don't take on everything at once because I've been there and man it sucks but enough small talk for today instead I'm here to talk to you about some of the most common mistakes you can make when learning the ropes of science communication and creating your psychom whatever form or shape that takes so there are some common mistakes that I see amongst scientists when they are trying to communicate their research but I know that a lot of you listening to this are also creators So I wanted to share some of the mistakes I've made along the way as a creative scientist or a scientific creator, whichever way you want to look at it, and talk about this topic from a slightly different angle to all the blogs and articles that are out there at the moment. So let's get to it. So the first mistake to avoid is trying to do it all yourself. Now, if you want to grow and improve as a science communicator, especially if you are learning on the job through trial and error like I did, you need to ask for feedback, you need to ask questions and you need to ask for help. There have been countless times where I have found myself wishing I had taken part in a particular science festival. I wish I had asked that person I admire on Instagram a question, even if it is the simplest, most stupid question I could think of. I wish I'd been more upfront about courses and other professional development opportunities that I would like to have gone on in my jobs, but also with networking and just saying hello to people, making sure that 
they know who you are, how you can help them, and also finding out how they can help you. So yeah, just just asking people questions because I'm pretty terrible at that still. I really and truly believed I needed to figure it out all by myself. I needed to work out how to hack the Instagram algorithm to grow my followers. I thought I needed to put my blog posts across every platform imaginable just to get a couple more views. But now with the wonderful world of hindsight and a few more years of science communication under my belt, I have discovered that it is completely not true and so many people out there who do science communication really want to help you and they will invest their time and answer your questions. It's just a matter of asking them in the first place. When it comes to trying to do it all yourself and learning new things, you can of course take the next step if you are able to or have the opportunity to, and you can invest in books, invest in courses and so on that will help you level up your skills. But there are loads of free resources out there. It's just a matter of investing your time in finding who you like learning from, who you like listening to, who you want to ask questions to and engage with. And also so many of the resource recommendations that I share with people when they're asking me questions in my Insta DMs have come from me asking other people questions and following people on Twitter and just seeing that from their posts. So spend some time following some people, learning what they offer. And yeah, the best ones will stick in your mind so you can pass them on to others as well. So just know that you are never going to be on your own when you're trying to build up your science communication skills. At the very bare minimum, you will have me in your corner as your little psychom cheerleader. So the second common mistake that you can make when you're trying to get started in science communication and learn more kind of builds on what I've just said in the first mistake, and that is just reading and learning about new skills and not putting them into practice. So I've been very lucky that in my full-time jobs as a science communicator, I have had opportunities to go on several different courses to different conferences or meetings and events. I might meet someone new, I might learn about a new paper I should read or learn how to use a new bit of software that is going to help my science communication goals. If you're anything like me, you could spend two complete days on this course and have a little bit of a break from it if you're going back into the lab to do more experiments or back to work, whatever it is. But then when you finally come back to it and have to use those skills, you've completely forgotten how to actually use them. So one example for me was earlier this year, I went on a course on how to use Adobe Illustrator because in my previous job, a lot of the academics were asking for support with creating graphical abstracts and images for journal covers and so on. But since that course finished, I don't think I've even opened Illustrator maximum once or twice. Now in part that will be because I've moved jobs since, but the point is I've spent two days trying to learn a new skill or new software platform but then didn't take any action on it afterwards. And the things I did on those two days just completely left my brain. So now what I do is I do not go on a course or invest in anything like that 
unless I have a project or work lined up afterwards to put those skills to the test and actually start practicing and embedding them in my brain and building those neuronal connections. The same goes for any books I read if they are like learning, development or self-help type books. But even if the books I'm reading are popular science books, I do still read them with a notebook by the side of me or something I've discovered recently actually is transparent sticky notes, which are a game changer. And so any thoughts or ideas I have as I'm reading these books, I will jot them down in my notebook or on the sticky notes. I might jot down why I like a particular phrase or why I don't like a particular structure in the page that I'm reading. And all of this is helping me to refine my own writing style at the same time. The same goes for YouTube videos or podcast episodes that I watch or listen to. I'm kind of half reviewing them or evaluating them as I go through to work out what I like and what I don't like, and importantly, why I don't like them. So that when I'm applying them to my own science communication stuff, I'm thinking about how I can recreate those things in my own words and in my own style and so on. I also might spot a cool little animation in a vlog that I'm watching and I immediately think about where I can add that into my science communication work or even actually open Adobe After Effects and try to start recreate it for myself. So if you are investing time, money or energy into learning new skills, first of all, that's fantastic. But please, please, please don't forget to just put them into practice as well. So the final mistake that I hear a lot and one you should avoid as much as possible is starting on all the platforms or doing all the different types of science communication out there because you think you should. Now you've heard me say before that it's important to experiment with different types of science communication and I still stand by that but that doesn't mean you have to do all of them at the same time. Now, yes, of course, there are benefits to being on multiple different platforms and doing different types of science communication. But every platform you add is going to create more work for you, even if you do repurpose things like I do. I think the best advice I could share about how to try and avoid this mistake is to obviously start with one core platform and maintain that as your home for everything else. For me, that was my blog. Everything you see from all my other channels and outlets are ultimately on my blog and my website. Once I had got settled with my blog routine, I then started branching out into Instagram and they are still my probably two main outlets for science communication still today. Of course, I have the podcast now and I am on other social media channels with varying degrees of success. And I do love videos and really want to start creating more of that. So it might sound very hypocritical of me to say don't be on all platforms, but it has taken me five years to get to this stage and I'm still not fully across all the ones I would love to be ultimately in the future. When you're learning and trying to grow your confidence as a science communicator, you are going to be so much more successful doing that by focusing on one, maximum two platforms or outlets and 
really understanding how you can use those to your benefit before branching out and experimenting with a new one. And if you're a researcher listening to this, you absolutely don't need to start a Twitter account, an Instagram account, be it science festivals, have a website and so on and so on and so on from today. Start with one, build up and build up until you gain more confidence and know more about what you're doing and what you're trying to achieve by being there. As always, the type of science communication that you do should always link back to your why. So why are you doing science communication? What are your goals? What is your motivation? And of course, who are you trying to reach? There are several other mistakes I've made along the way and others that I can talk about here, but for today's episode, I will just keep it to three. And as a quick recap, they are don't try to do it all yourself. Don't just learn new skills and consume content without putting things into practice to improve your skills. And finally, don't try and do everything at once and be across all the different types of science communication from the start. Welcome back to today's DIY section of the podcast. This is the part where I give you an exercise, a resource or a worksheet that you can work through straight away to start implementing those skills. Now, based on what I've shared in today's episode, that might sound a little bit familiar. So the DIY section today is all linked to mistake number two. The whole way that I've designed this podcast is to try and encourage you, the listeners, to take action on any skills or knowledge that you have learnt with these worksheets and exercises and so on. So for today's exercise, I want you to actually go and do any of those exercises from the podcast episodes that you've missed or haven't had time to do yet. Go and discover your why for doing science communication. What is your motivation? There is a worksheet to really try and start to understand your audience and really get to know them. There is a storyboard template from our chat with Marin earlier this season. And there are some fantastic tips and an exercise you can do about presentations from Duncan that was also in this season. And of course, I am sure there are loads of exercises or things you can do from outside of the world of the Cycom Toolkit. So if you've been watching YouTube videos about how to do a particular animation, go and create that animation. You don't have to share it publicly anywhere, but you're starting to make those connections in your brain and starting to build up that skill set. If you've got any books you're waiting to read, then go and read them. Buy yourself some transparent sticky notes and make notes as you're reading. Have a notebook by the side of you for ideas so you're collecting all your ideas in the same place too. Make sure that when you're consuming content, you're not just consuming mindlessly. Reflect on it as you're watching and consuming. If you have stayed watching that TikTok video for more than three seconds, what is it about that video that made you stay watching? Make a note of that and think about how you can apply that to your own TikTok videos as an example. I know it can be hard to take those first steps and take action on things and to put your first things out into the world. So if you need some accountability, slide into my DMs, share what you've been up to, share what you want to do, and I will be there to support you. 
So I won't keep you much longer. I hope you are now sat there raring to go and take action on something to start improving your psychom confidence and leveling up your skills even more. The resources, transcripts, show notes for all of the podcast episodes are available on my website. That's www.sofetalkscience.com forward slash toolkit. You can find me on Instagram at sof.talks.science and I'm across all of the social media platforms as well. There are many more SciComm tips and career insights too on my blog and on this podcast. If you enjoy this episode, then I would be hugely grateful if you had the time to leave a review. I also do really love getting your feedback so I know how I can do better and what things you like learning about so I can maybe get some guests back and delve a little deeper in the future. I wanted to say a huge thank you to Jessica W this week who emailed me to say that the podcast has been impactful and made a difference for her, especially the episode with Marin Hunsberger. She says, the conversation I had with Marin is not only inspirational and aspirational, but also offers concrete steps to implement. And she looks forward to using the storyboard template with some internal resources. So thank you so much, Jessica, for your lovely words. And of course, if you have any topics you would like to see covered, you can email me at sofetalkscience at gmail.com. So yeah, there are loads of ways to get in touch with me. But until then, I'll see you in the next episode where I will be back with another incredible guest. And I'm very excited to share these guests with you. Until then, go and take action on your psychom and bring those science stories to life. Ciao.